Thanks for listening to the Wayback Chronicles podcast. My name is Noel Kurz, and I'm joined by my lifelong friends, Keith Abbott and Steve McKelkey. On this podcast, we look at the greatest events that have happened since 1970 to the present. As you recall, the Wayback Time Machine took us back to 1995. And in this episode, uh, Keith is going to uh, take us through the world of sports. Um, and those of you that don't know Keith very well, uh, Keith likes sports, but he wouldn't describe it. I like as, you like him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not like he's Steve. not the aficionado. I mean, we, we have uh, better experts like, you know. You. I barely made it through the technology episode. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, anyway, so uh, this should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to hearing what Keith has to share from uh, 1995 World Sports. So, Keith, take it away. Okay. And, you know, it's kind of fun. I love the fact that we're getting out of our comfort zones a little bit. Yes. because Yes, we are. You know, mm-hmm. yes, I, I, I like sports. I don't have like the, you know, the book of, of the almanac of history. But but it's fun to go back and and remember some of these events and go, man, let's dig deeper with these. So and I'll tell you the sports of 90, 1995, if there was a year where it probably needed meds, <laughs> this was probably it because there were some of the highest times in sports and there were some of the lowest times in sports. And so that's, hmm. that's where I'm going to start because the sports of 1995 really kind of began with a whimper. So there were basically two major areas in the sporting world that started in 1995, either with a lockout or with a strike. Oh. And so let's start first and foremost with hockey. So the NHL season, there was a lockout of the players by the owners, and it was a shortened season that happened. And it was basically a, a subject of a dispute, as in they were trying to, to create a, a salary cap, which is, always seems to be the reason for strikes, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, they, they shortened the season length from 84 games to 48. So literally almost mm. cut it in half, you know? Goodness. And so, yeah, so the, the season ended, basically started from January 20th to May 3rd. So it usually starts in the, the late winter of the year before, but it started in January this year. It's actually the first time in NHL history that the regular season ended in May. And hmm. in, in all in all, um, the, the shortened season ended with the New Jersey Devils sweeping the heavily favored Detroit Red Wings for their first Stanley Cup win. They um, swept them? Yeah, swept the, them. De- Detroit was the favorite and then they got yep. swept. Wow. Yep, absolutely. And it was actually New Jersey Devils' fi- uh, first appearance in the finals too overall. Wow. Um, wow. But kind of interesting other notable events for that year. So this was the first year that every arena had required two Zambonis to resurface between periods instead of one. So that's fun. Um, this was also the last year that Quebec <laughs> Nordiques would play in Quebec before becoming the Colorado Avalanche. Right? Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah. And basically the, uh, the, the Art Ross trophy for most goals in the regular season was uh, Yamir Yager of the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins with with 32. So mm-hmm. it was it was a crazy year because it was abridged um, and, and but just, you know, they finally got to kind of get through it. But it was kind of, you know, it, it was kind of the tip of the iceberg for people having a little bit of disgruntlement in the world of sports for this year. I just wanted to point out how fun it is to say the word Zamboni. Isn't it great? <laughs> I know. I, I don't know who made that word up, but it had to have been made up sometime in the past. And I just want to take this moment to recognize how great the word Zamboni is. I feel like it should go in Italian. Zamboni, you know? Zamboni. What would you like to eat tonight? Do you want a pizza, a calzone, or a Zamboni? Why do we need the pizza? We need the Zamboni. Zamboni, Zamboni, with extra cheese. <laughs> Yager Yager is really fun to say as well. I that mean, is. I mean, hey, a, uh, hey, bartender, uh, give me a round of Yager Yager, please. I know. Like, <laughs> I want a Yager Yager shot. Yeah. yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> or when he goes to, when he goes to Starbucks, can you imagine them calling at it? Yager Yager Yager. Your peppermint mocha's here. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me somebody named Yammer Yager is not drinking a peppermint. He's going to be like, I had coffee with vodka. No, black, I don't, black, black coffee. Black black coffee. coffee. <laughs> yes, extra tar. Yep. So anyway, so uh, and on the college side of hockey, Boston University won the national championship that season. They had a 12-game single elimination championship series that culminated on April 1st of that year. So I'm trying to do a lot of sports. Sports is weird, like some other things where some of it bleeds over from the previous year and extends into the following. So on the, on the college side of things, um, we're kind of looking at the end of the school year for 95, the May of 95. So they defeated Maine six to two on April 1st. So then obviously there was a, a, a year that continued, but I figure if the time machine gets us to 96, we can talk about that next. So, mm-hmm. but that was, that was what I had in the world of, of hockey. So what I thought we'd do next is kind of go to the world of basketball. Is that mm. my dog or y'all's dog? It's not my dog. It's it's absolutely my dog. That's great. Okay. Shadow, could you could you scratch your privates elsewhere? (laughs) We got things. Okay. All right. So so here we we are gonna enjoy this next segment, right? So in basketball, the Houston Rockets became the lowest seeded team to ever win the NBA finals. They won as the sixth seed in the Western Conference. They also became the first team to defeat four opponents who had 50 or more wins en route to a title. So they beat Utah. Jazz. Go Jazz. It's oh, a jazz. totally inside story. Anyway, yeah, Phoenix, yeah. San Antonio, and Orlando. So the only other team ever to accomplish that feat was in 2000 and 2001 uh, by the Lakers. Wow. So they also huh. became the first repeat champion in history to keep the title with a sweep. Um, in, in addition, the Rockets became the first team in NBA history to win the title without having home court advantage in any of the four playoff rounds since the playoffs were expanded to a 16 team format in 84. Wow. So pretty interesting, but here's, what's interesting about it too. Coincidence, right? So there's a lot of weird things that happened in this year. The feat was also achieved by who the New Jersey devils Then the same year when they won the Stanley cup, they were the only team, the first team in history to have that happen in the hockey side. Kind of interesting, right? That is interesting. So, so so who did uh, the rockets beat in the, uh, for NBA championship? Do you have that versus the magic? Orlando Magic. Oh, oh really? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. So the 1995 playoff leaders um, in points, um, Hakeem Olajuwon, um, total rebounds, Shaquille O'Neal, assists, Anthony Hardaway, and what is WS? What is that? What would that World be? Se- World Series. They won the World Series. <laughs> well, too. Shaquille O'Neal also won the World Series, but anyway, so that's <laughs> wow. Yeah. So and and and, and Hakeem Olajuwon was the the MVP. Okay. For the finals. So there you go. So Why? Wide shots, like that we missed no. the rim. They call it a wide shot. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe. Well, if <laughs> it was Shaquille O'Neal, it, it definitely wasn't free throws, right? <laughs> That's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, but but other notable things that happened with um with the basketball season late in the season, Michael Jordan returned to the Chicago Bulls after an attempt at minor league baseball career, which we'll talk about baseball and that oh, cluster man, that yeah. happened this year in a second. So his announcement consisted of a two word fax saying, "I'm back." Right. And so because the Bulls had already retired as number 23, he returned wearing what number? Do you all remember? 45. 45. That's right. Right. And then um, during the playoffs, though, he changed back to number 23. So and here you go, Steve. Here's here's another thing that I thought you could appreciate. The uh, the also notable event of that year, an era came to an end as the Boston Celtics played their final season at the historic Boston Garden. Mm. There you go. So that's cool. Yeah, man. So yeah. interesting thing about number 45 for Jordan. So after Jordan left the Bulls and played for what well, was, I guess, the Washington Wizards at the time, mm-hmm. um, he wore number, went back to number 45. 
And, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is this why you should be doing this episode? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. You're doing great. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so far, it's not painful, right? So, yeah. um, so, so, we'll, so we'll turn to college. Um, the championship game in college saw UCLA win their 11th national championship and their first and only title under Jim Herrick by defeating Arkansas 89 to 78. Um, so, and that foiled the Razorbacks' uh, chances of having back-to-back national titles as they'd won it the year before. Wow, right. And um, and then women's college basketball, UConn defeated Tennessee seventy to sixty-four, and that was its first NCAA title, and that's a pretty big dynasty now, right? Yeah, um, yeah and it, it actually completed a thirty-five to, to thirty-five win and no loss uh, undefeated season that year. So, pretty impressive for UConn too. And I'll, I'll get to another notable thing about UConn a little bit later in this episode, but pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Hmm. So really tennis, just briefly, the the main uh, leaders, the main winners of in tennis, uh, Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi, and Steffi Graf pretty much dominated mm-hmm. um, the all of the tennis in, in the world compared to uh, Andre, Andre Agassi won the Australian Open. Uh, Pete Sampras uh, and Steffi Graf, I mean, just carried most championships that year. So uh, a really good year for all three of those players. So, I wonder now, if uh, Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf are still married. Man, he was like Mr. Reebok back in the day. He had yeah. like the long flowing hair and everything. Oh, yeah. and, you know, and that was, he was kind of the one that introduced all of the all of the neon colors in the late eighties. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. He was a he was a force to be reckoned with back in back in the day. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. I wonder where 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 is he at today? It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So well, yep. So Steffi Graf, he's been married to her since two thousand one. Who was he wow. married to before Steffi Graf? Here's a little here's a little uh, trivia for you. He was married from ninety seven to ninety nine to another famous person. Was it Brooke Shields? Yes, it was. Really? Yeah. Oh. See, I mean, you God, can't even get tennis around Steve. This is ridiculous. Holy, this is unreal. I, I surprise myself sometimes. I'm proud of you. That's amazing. And, and, and for the listeners' benefit, this is legit. Like we didn't rehearse this or anything like yeah. that. This is this is the first time we're having this conversation. The first time this yeah. is Steve at his prime right here. Steve, <laughs> Steve is took his his whatever he took his uh. Flintstone vitamins this yeah. morning, and now he's yeah. on yeah. clicking on all cylinders. So, so let's go ahead and transition to the cluster that was baseball in 1995. Oh yeah. Okay. So the it was another strike-ridden sport that occurred, or at least spilled over into the 1995 season. So it was actually the first season to be played under an expanded postseason format, um, and because the league division series was played in both the American and National leagues for the first time. Here's the problem, though. Um, there was a 1994 strike that happened again because of salary caps. And literally, guys, there could be an entire episode on this because there's so much. I mean, you know, I think it's important, though, that although this is about 1995, we discuss a little bit about what happened the previous year because the, the strike actually began way back on August 12th of 94. And what that did is it resulted in the remainder of that season, including the postseason and the World Series being canceled. It was the first time in 90 years since 1904 that a World Series wasn't played. Mm. So it ended up going 232 days and was finally suspended on on April 2nd of 95. So it was the longest such stoppage in Major League Baseball history and the longest work stoppage in Major League Professional Sports at the time. Yeah, 1994, the season 1994 was when the Montreal Expos Mm -hmm. uh, were like banging. Like they they were on their way to like a a big postseason push and that – the end of that season really affected them. And they, that actually began the downward spiral yep. of that, of that franchise. They started 100%. selling, they started selling off all their best players. 
attendance and interest in the team decline. They pretty much just, they, they disbanded. Oh yeah. And uh, now they're the um, Washington nationals. Yeah. Believe it or not through that whole major league baseball strike, a total of 948 games were, were canceled. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. That is nuts. Yeah. Wow. And it was the first ever American professional sports in history to lose an entire postseason due to a labor strike. Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm. I remember uh, a lot of the country is really upset with the players and the league and and um, yeah, I remember that. Like you're saying, Steve, during the first days of the 95 seasons, uh, people were pretty hacked off, right? Attendance at games plummeted. In fact, there was uh, close to a 20% decline in attendance at games this year versus the previous year. The fans that showed up demonstrated a lot of frustrations. Uh, here's a couple of them that I found. So three men wearing T-shirts emblazoned with greed leapt onto the field at Shea Stadium to a standing ovation and tossed $160 <laughs> in $1 bills at the players' feet before being restrained, right? <laughs> <laughs> In Cincinnati, one fan, one fan paid for a plane to fly over River, Riverfront Stadium that carried a banner reading, Owners and Players to Hell with All of You. Um, wow. fans, fans in Pittsburgh disrupted the opening day game between the Expos and the Pirates by throwing various objects on the field, causing a 17-minute delay before being warned that the game would be declared a forfeit to the Expos, but they continued to boot anyway. It didn't matter. Um, and then in Detroit, uh, Detroit fans booed and hurled beer bottles, cans, baseballs, cigarette lighters, and a hubcap onto the field, <laughs> causing a 12-minute delay, holding up signs saying field of with dreams scratched out and then greed next to it, and strike owner with owners with a dollar sign for the S win, players with a dollar sign win, and fans lose, right? Oh, so, my goodness, man. Yeah. Yeah, they were so, fan, fans were throwing a fit. Yeah, well, they were pretty... they were mad. Yeah, the the last one um, was during the game at Yankee Stadium, which was the opening game for the Yankees versus the Rangers. Um, uh, somebody had held up a sign saying "Shame on you" with a dollar sign for the S. And then you know the the what, the commissioner for the baseball team uh, fair uh, responded by flipping off the fan. Right, so all <laughs> awesome grace. Right, so crazy, crazy. And the opening games were also played with replacement umpires. They couldn't even get the umpires. To work yeah. there so pretty oh pretty crazy pretty crazy stuff but not, not always negative though so the braves um they they were the the big winners in this in this world series they took the first two at home versus cleveland during the three games then after at jacobs field the indians won games three and five but those games sandwiched around the braves five to two game four victory right and then in game six, the Braves on the power of an eight inning one hitter thrown by Tom Glavin and David Justice hitting a solo home run, mm-hmm. won the game one to zero and won the World Series. And so an interesting fact about this, the Braves, this became uh, the Braves, the first team to win a World Series in three home cities. What were the three home cities that the Braves were part of? Do you know? Um, I, I, I didn't know this, so it was interesting. Three home cities. Yep. So they were in three different locations, not just Atlanta. There were two other places. So Atlanta obviously was one. Yeah, they won yeah. in another city in 1914 and in another city in 1957. I'm going to say, were they originally in Kansas City at one point? No, no. Up up kind of in uh, Celtic country. Does that help? Oh, really? Um It'll be a total guess. So with Celtic country, I'm hoping I'm helping you out, man. Boston. There you go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I'm embarrassed to say that because yeah. that should have been Steve's answer. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> like I was like, God. and there you go. No. 
I was like New New Hampshire. Rise with <laughs> rise with Austin. Right. Yeah. Oh my god. Think more B than think an more A. More B than an A. Yeah. And yeah. then Mil- Milwaukee in 1957. So that's pretty interesting there. Milwaukee. So, Milwaukee. So yeah, other notable events. This was the year that Coors Field opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hal Ripken Jr. of the Orioles played his 2,131st consecutive major league game to surpass Lou Gehrig. Wow. And then in hires, Tony La Russa was hired by the Cardinals, uh, mm-hmm. and Joe Torre was hired as the Yankees as their respective managers. So mm-hmm. pretty interesting stuff. So a lot of yep. lot of good stuff. And this was uh, the fourth uh, consecutive uh, Cy Young Award for Greg Maddox, which is freaking legend. Yeah, if man, you ever he heard is, of the stats on him, it's insane. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so that was that was all on the the baseball. Um, switching just to college baseball briefly, um, it was really the World Series ended up with the Battle of the Californias, where USC and Cal State Fullerton um, mm-hmm. were battling for the final, and Cal State Fullerton went on to win the College World Series, uh, and it was the third title for guess which coach? Augie Garrido. You are correct. You are correct. So pretty crazy, right? So when we covered 84, I know Noel shaking his head, but uh, Augie Garrido was still a coach at Cal State Fullerton. So. Yeah. We have yeah. covered some really great names tonight. Augie Garrido. <laughs> I know. I know. I Up like, there with you. Know, hey, Augie, could you get me a yogurt? Augie, <laughs> get me a yogurt. <laughs> it sounds like I'll get you a Zamboni, too. That's right. Hey. Pretty good stuff. Um, so just briefly switching over to golf, the Masters uh, was won by Ben Crenshaw. Um, the PGA money leader for that year was Greg Norman. And in the amateur, uh, w- this was the second of three victories for one amateur golfer of note. Could you name who that might be? Yeah, Tiger, Woods. Tiger Woods. There you go. Hey. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. So he was he was still an amateur at that point, and, uh, but, but quickly arising to not, prominence yeah, at that, not at that long. time. Was it 90, 96 or 97 that he won his first like pro championship? Um, I think it was 97. Was that when he won the masters and yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then there was a whole fuzzy Zeller. Yeah. I think appropriate so. Comments. I forgot about, forgot about the fuzzy Zeller thing. I did yeah. too. I did too. Interesting. So I, did I tell you that was my claim to fame was I met Tiger Woods. That I never really about this in so, a hotel lobby, right? Or something. Like yes. That. Yeah. It was the d- dumbest thing. It's a typical Keith move. Let me just put it this way. So <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm recruiting, I'm doing, I think it was when I was working on my master's degree. So it must've been 96, right before, probably right after this and right before, um, he started becoming really, really, really popular. And, but I think it was his first year as a pro, but anyway, so I'm, I'm at this checkout in San Antonio, Texas, and I'm, I'm sitting there checking out of the hotel and there's this guy next to me, tall guy, you know, pretty, pretty well-built dude, right? You could tell he's an athlete. So I just start cutting up, talking to him a little bit. Hey, what's going on? How's it going? He's real friendly talking to me. I'm like, what'd you do? He's like, oh man, just, just had a golf tournament here. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. How'd it go? He goes, yeah, it was, it was all right. I'm like, yeah, you, yeah, I know better things to come. I'm sure, man. Just think positive. I mean, just, <laughs> just crazy alternating conversations with this dude. Oh, and, and I mean, at, at the end, I'm like, hey man, good luck. Nice to talk to you. I shake his hand and I walk away. Right. So I'm walking away and this is no, no joke. Right. So I'm with the Dean of students office at tech, right? The Dean of students is behind me with his jaw open, like hitting the floor. Like he's like, do you know who that was? And I'm like, no, (laughs) I was like, he was like, dude, that was Tiger Woods. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Who's that? I had no idea. 
no idea. And so like, all I see is he's chasing him down the hall. Hey, Tiger, how about an autograph? You know, and all this stuff. And I'm, you know, all I can say is maybe he just enjoyed the fact that he was an anonymous person for a moment, you know, I bet so. because yeah, we had a heck so. of a, he was a cool dude. We had a great That's conversation it. about nothing. Right. So I, you never I know. think, I think I heard a podcast once the Tiger Woods was given where he was talking about at the time he met Keith Abbott and there it is. The hotel lobby that was in it. San Antonio. So now we've heard your side of the story. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And his. We need to hang out more, Keith, because you like run into famous people. But I don't know them. Like, like night. Well, you saw Night Ranger at the yeah. Chicago yeah. airport. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. it was them either. Right. Yeah, Somebody true. had to go, dude, that <laughs> is. I'm like, you're that's lying. Yeah. So I don't know. Who knows who else I've I probably yeah. I don't even know. So anyway, but it was it was a fun little moment there. So that was a total tangent. So anyway. That's cool. So let's switch gears to football. So uh, the NFL season in 95. And so what I'm doing on, on the NFL season is obviously these are another bleed over. So we're going to do the fall leading into the 96 Super Bowl that was for the 95 season is where I'm going. Okay. Okay. So it was a 76 regular season. Um, that it, This was the year that the league expanded to 30 teams. They added two. Who were they? Uh, so the Carolina Panthers. Carolina. Carolina Jacksonville. Jaguars. And, yeah, Jaguars. yeah. And yeah. and I can say that whoever was the artist for their helmets was the most boring man in history because they look exactly the same. Yeah, anyway, they do. anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm fine. So <laughs> I got two for one discount. Yeah. yeah, it was. So anyway, other things of note about the NFL season. This was actually Miami Dolphins head coach Don Shula's last season. Oh, wow. uh, so oh. there you go. Uh Super Bowl 30. Triple X, right? Was an American football game between the Who and the Who. Can you remember this? And let me give you a hint, Steve. This was the year of our Super Bowl party at the yeah, oh. one's definitely the Green Bay Packers. Wrong. No. This was the bigger Super Bowl party. This is the one in, in Lubbock. Oh. This was the Lubbock four apartment wide Super oh, Bowl party. Cowboys that, versus Buffalo. That the pa- Cowboys versus the Steelers. Because remember that okay. was when Bam Morris yeah, yeah. was the oh. Steeler. And we had this cookie tray and all the cookies had the Dallas Cowboy icing, except the one in the middle that was our tribute to Bam Morris for from him being in tech. Remember that? (laughs) So anyway, anyway, but that was, that was who it was. Um, So both teams entered the game trying to tie the San Francisco 49ers for the record for the most Super Bowl wins by a franchise. So here's interesting. Um, Tempe was originally chosen as the venue for Super Bowl um, 27, but the NFL pulled the game away from Arizona after the league joined a massive boycott for tourism by various groups to protest the state's refusal to recognize Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So they finally instated this back to Arizona for this national championship year after in 1992, they finally made it a federal holiday. So that's interesting. But interesting. this Super Bowl was the last to be hosted in a stadium containing bleacher seats and was also the last to be held in a college campus because it was the Arizona State University Sundale level stadium. So pretty Hmm. interesting. And also it was the last Super Bowl to have a team wear jerseys that were had screen printed numbers. The Cowboys wore screen printed numbers that that year. So interesting. So anyway, Hmm. um, but long story short, um, it was the third meeting between these two longtime rivals in a Super Bowl. It was the most between any two NFL teams. And Dallas became the first team to win three Super Bowls in four years. Um, and basically the Pittsburgh Steelers defeat was their first Super Bowl loss in the team's history, which was interesting. So they, they defeated them by the 20 score of 21 to 17. And that was their, uh, their fifth Super Bowl in team history. And, and actually believe it or not, as of now, the last one that they won. So, Hmm. so we're all in, uh, you Steve, you being in the Dallas area, they're hoping a drought will end someday. Right. 1995. 
the boys are back. That's what I hear. Yeah, so, that's yeah. what that's <laughs> what they keep telling us, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> they're gonna get there. They're gonna get there before the Houston Texans get there. I can tell yeah, you that for sure. I mean, that's probably <laughs> yeah. true. So, yeah. so I think the three of us could probably put together a team and get there before the Texans get there. I mean, I've seen my fantasy football. Please do not get my recommendations. Just saying, so, <laughs> <laughs> it probably would not work out well for you. But um, so here is an interesting note: the television broke broadcast of the Super Bowl broke the then record for the most watched sporting event ever. And it was the second most watched program of all time at that point behind what? What was the most watched TV show of all time still? I mean, it, it up, up until now, up until now. The most watched TV show? Mm-hmm. There, there is one final episode of a show that was the most Friends. watched. No, no. It was the most watched TV show in history and oh. still holds the record other than Mash. sporting events. MASH. That's right. Wow. Yeah, that's Mash. right. So um, this also was the year that uh, four-time Super Bowl champion quarterback Joe Montana announced his retirement. And as you recall, he spent the last two seasons with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So and that just should that shouldn't have happened. I know that yeah. just it he was kind re- of he's retired a 49er. It's like Emma Smith going to play Arizona. Completely. It's kind of like yeah. Brett Brett Favre going to Minnesota, right? Same yeah, idea. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which incidentally, Brett Favre was the MVP of that year for Green Bay. Yeah. So and Ray Rhodes of the Philadelphia Eagles was the coach of the year. So Brett um, Favre. Yeah, Brett Favre. And here's a, here's an interesting thing for for Texas folks. So Dallas is Larry Brown, the, uh, who was a TCU alum, and a 12th round, believe it or not, 12th round draft pick became the first cornerback to be named a Super Bowl MVP by recording two interceptions the second half. So that's mm-hmm. interesting there too. It is. Um, in college football, um, the preseason um, favorite for that year was Florida State. Um, but Tom mm-hmm. was born in Nebraska, got its second straight title uh, with a victory over Florida in the Fiesta Bowl. So um, it was only possible, actually, because of the new Bowl Alliance. So this was the year that the Bowl Alliance started. Mm-hmm. So under the old system, Nebraska would have actually been tied to the Orange Bowl and Florida to the Sugar Bowl. So the Bowl Alliance actually created a national championship game that would rotate between the Orange, Sugar, and Fiesta Bowls. And, and it was kind of free of conference tie-ins and featuring the number one and number two teams chosen by the Bowl Alliance Bowl poll. Excuse me. So um, interestingly enough, the back, the Pac-10 and the Big Ten chose not to participate. So uh, so there, there's something interesting. It kind of created a little controversy because um, going into its Ohio State going into its final regular season game against Michigan, they were still undefeated and ranked number two. So had they finished um, number two in that, that bowl alliance, whole thing would have been blown up. But fortunately, Michigan upset Ohio State. So truly that national championship game was between number one and number two. But that being said, the Ohio State running back, um, Eddie George, was the one who won the Heisman Trophy for that year. Anyway, um, that's that's kind of where where it is in the in the season of sports. Um, but pretty interesting stuff. Um, and, and here's another little thing that's kind of interesting. The Southwest Conference, of which oh, yeah. is, is we're familiar with, it played its final game ever in football that year, an 18 to 17 Houston win over Rice. And then oh, wow. it would go on to be split up between the Big Eight to join the Big Twelve and um, others between the WAC and the newly formed Conference USA. So we were there for the first Big Twelve game. Yeah, yes, sure we were. were. Do you remember who and the game teams were? Manhattan, Kansas against uh, or Manhattan, Kansas against uh, Kansas State and Texas Tech. That's yeah. right. That's right. We're in the stands, that yeah. was awesome. That was. I'll never. We, that. that was a crazy. That was like a, a very rough game, if I remember. Uh, it was. Yeah, yeah, we lost, it was. Right? Well, we should have won, but yeah. Yeah, that was there was uh, a there was a touchdown. I think it was Donnie Hart. Donnie Hart. Cor- yep. Corner of the end zone. 
not called a touchdown, but it was definitely a touchdown. It was definitely a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, we should have anyway, won that game. We were in the parking lot leaving in you know, the band bus, and one of the Kansas State fans, probably very drunk, uh, flashed the bus. Oh, really? I, I, yes, and forever and forever, I will, every time I think of Kansas State, Manhattan, I'll always think about that incident. Like, yeah, that's hilarious. Just, in the blink of an eye, like your right. reputation forever tainted by that. Right. <laughs> that, that. That makes me think of USC and the middle finger gloves. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell the story, man. You've already opened that. Okay. Steve, tell the, yeah, you got the person who dealt it has to tell it. So, so uh, I mean, what year did we play USC and Conable? Was it 95? 95. I think yeah, it was yeah, this year. An appropriate story. Yeah. In, end of the 94 season. Yeah. So we played 95, yeah. Yeah. January 2nd. So, uh, uh, we found that USC, we knew USC had a sort of a reputation for being a, a tough team to face and their fans were tough and, and they were just part of my French total bastards, the entire uh, experience with them. And, and, you know, this, this whole game, uh, was highlighted by, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, um, basically hmm. making every single receiving record possible at the at oh, Cotton yeah. Bowl against tech and <laughs> long game. And, and we just had enough. And so, um, uh, I think Tech the, won the the coin toss. Yeah, yeah there was that, yeah, and that yeah. that and was the last time. victory yeah. of the yeah, and the halftime. We won halftime, but that's it. And gee whiz! So a little frustration, and so uh, of course we were all in the band, and and uh, part of our band uniform was wearing these white gloves. And uh, so at uh, uh, me and a, and a good good buddy uh, Tim Stewart, we were bandwagon drivers, which which is the equipment band that kept all the uh, band's equipment in. And we were driving out stadium. And Tim was like, God, my last last game, I got a hole in my glove, and he was about to just toss it away. I was like, Hold on a second, I got an idea. <laughs> uh, so so uh, the back then, you know, the old bands had radio antennas hanging off the side, and so so I laid the glove. Um, uh, over the antenna where it was given the uh, middle finger gesture. And uh, it was, it was by, an accident. It just happened to be placed that way. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, totally. It's the, tall, it's the tallest finger on the hand. So. <laughs> yeah. It fits best. Totally intentional hoping we didn't get caught. And uh, so we drove by all the USC buses and, and, and the antennas <laughs> given the middle finger to all the US teams. And, and then uh, of course we drive by all the tech buses and everybody's like, hot, you know, cheering. And oh, it was like, yeah. you know, the last <laughs> word. And we finally, victory. We finally we, get we to needed, the, we needed something to be happy and cheering about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we get past a line of buses and, and our band director is, st- uh, standing there at the end. I'm like, Oh man, I shouldn't have done this. And, uh, he sees and just bust up laughing. And so I knew we were good. <laughs> the other I also remember, that was the night where we had heard that they also like to break into there's yes. there's a I don't know if it's fact or not so I don't want to call anybody out but there was a there was a word on the street that they would try to break into things you were with mm-hmm. me on this Joel, weren't you yes I was yeah. yes I and was so, so there were there were some of some of the guys would be spending the nights in the evenings awake and kind of holding shifts to make sure we were monitoring our equipment trucks yep. and we got in good with the police car <laughs> the police cars where did we stay was it up in addison who, yeah. who was the yeah. police addison anyway we got we got in pretty good with the guys so <laughs> after a while we got so bored um that they were like it, okay it, let's it's two or, it's two or three o'clock in the morning yeah it's two or three o'clock in the morning nothing's obviously happening yeah. so we're like okay what do we do so so we we convinced the <laughs> we convinced the police to either give us the radar guns or do it themselves but they 
but they started timing how fast we could run. (laughs) (laughs) Which wasn't very fast. It was bad, but it was, that was hilarious, man. That was, that was some fun. As brutal as that game was, that's probably my favorite bowl memory of all of them. That, that trip was awesome. We were there for new year's day on January 1st, 95. It was crazy. Uh, all expenses paid trip to Dallas yeah. with all your best friends. I mean, it was just the it best. Was a blast. Yeah. It, so isn't that fun. the year also they had like we we went to um we didn't we go to um what reunion arena to watch the fireworks and I mean there was like and we went to spaghetti warehouse to eat we yes. and all yes. sorts of crazy yeah, there was stuff. A pep rally by reunion arena. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. I remember yeah. that. Um, Pretty crazy. So the other highlight from that game is I guess it was maybe right before halftime. Can't remember exactly where it was in the day, but uh, uh, USC, a couple of USC band members are trying to steal um, the gun uh, prop from a uh, Raider Reds uh, mm-hmm. costume. And, and of course the guy that was on in costume, he was a, he was a bad dude. And yes, uh, he was. wasn't he a former Marine or something? Wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't happening. Yeah. And so <laughs> next thing you know, Raider Reds, you know, punching the lights out some USC band members and the tech crowds going nuts. And <laughs> <laughs> That was have- right. That was right before we went out in March. Yeah, we yeah, were waiting yeah. on the sidelines. Yeah, we were on the sidelines. I remember yeah. that. Couple moral victories on that day. Yeah, yeah, and it, all in '95. So this is all appropriate. Yeah, right? it yeah. is. It is. Yep. It happened in '95. <laughs> we're still within the bounds of the uh, the old podcast here. That's so right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, wrapping it up, the male and female athletes of the year. So male athlete of the year, Cal Ripken Jr. Major League mm-hmm. Baseball. Wow. Um, the the female athlete of the year was was kind of a surprise, but it, but a, a definitely a rewarded one. It was Rebecca Lobo of UConn. So yeah. a, a female player of the year was a college basketball player. So pretty cool, pretty cool. And then that that kind of paved the way between her and Cheryl Swoops from the year before uh, mm-hmm. or two years before to kind of start the WNBA up. So yeah. um, pretty neat that they had some some good you know, forays into the, into the women's sports and women's athletic there, as well as all of the accomplishments that, that some of the other sports did. So pretty neat. Nice, man. So that's, that's my wrap up of 1995 man. in sports. And the, uh, it, it was good year. It was crazy year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wayback Chronicles research department really did, did you a good job? Did you some good work there? Uh, yeah. Keith, you got some good stuff, man. Thank goodness for the internet. All I can say, <laughs> <laughs> if this would have been done in 1995, I would have been so out of luck, but that's been going through encyclopedias and stuff. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, right. Pull off the dust. Wait, this is ninety three. Mm. Dang it! You know, so. <laughs> pretty good stuff. So. Oh, what a year! What a year! Yeah, it was a good year. I mean, so yeah, we've covered already. We've covered current events. We've covered sports. We've covered technology. But you know, there, we, we'd be remiss not to cover things like mo- movies music i mean you you alluded to it noel friends was big during that time we don't talk about tv we're going to be really missing out on some things so um, absolutely definitely a mashup to come after this episode very cool very cool so with that in mind uh, nice job keith uh for taking us through the uh year of 1995 in sports uh we'll see all all of you on our next episode the wayback chronicles when we start our mashup uh We'll find out what we talk about. Will it be movies or will it be music or will it be TV or will it be other stuff? So everybody have a uh, great time. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you way back soon. Thanks for listening to the Wayback Chronicles. All shows are written and produced by Noel. 
Keith and Steve. Massive thanks to those who made these memories possible for us through the years. All songs, sounds, and effects have been attributed in the comments section and through links listed on waybackchronicles.podbean.com. We look forward to taking you way back again in the very near future.